All right, Dr. Sean, you are our first ever returning guest. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> so partly selfishly, I really enjoy talking to you. I like talking to you. I've said this numerous times because whether we agree or disagree, it's a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think you're actually really good about that in general. I don't think I'm the only one you're good at. You're very opinionated, much like our mutual friend Stu. But none of us, I think that's a mark of intelligence, to be quite honest. Uh, I don't know. I think that I used to be opinionated without the open mind to hear the other side and, and, and explore all of the reasons why I might actually be wrong so that I could improve where now I've evolved to a place where I'm often hoping that I'm wrong because that opens up a blind spot that makes me a better person and a more effective leader. So I'm down with it. See, that's why you're better than me because I look at it as I'm right, but you're still entitled to your dumb opinion. <laughs> right? so, but I'm not going to fight with you, like, but you're wrong. Right. Well, look, anyone who's listening to this can probably attest. Uh, I should probably actually just double check it before I say this. Yeah. So last time we talked, I listened to it and I said some decent things, but my audio wasn't the best audio. And I had this conversation with Cleary, who's our media guy. I'm like, ah, our audio is fine. He's like, it literally sounds like you're talking in a bathtub. You need to get a new microphone. So we got a new microphone. I'm like, all right, cool. So now we'll be better because he told me I was an asshole. Yeah, I mean, you may still very well be an asshole, but your, yes. mic, your mic is better. Yes, exactly. So, you know, we have always kind of have an ongoing communication online, offline, but recently you put up a post that all of your posts catch my attention on your social media, Active Life Rx. But I thought you asked this particular question really well. So let me ask the question that you posted, you know, so our listeners have an idea and then let's discuss it for a minute. Yep. So the question was, if it was impossible to become fitter than you are today, and it only took 10 minutes of training, three days per week to maintain, how much would you train? Because I've been contemplating that question a lot myself and with other people, but I thought the way you worded it, semantics, was really well. It, it made a very clear picture of what you were asking. Basically, why are you doing more if this much gets you fit? Mm-hmm. So my first question to you about that is, what was the catalyst? Obviously, it wasn't just like, hey, this question popped into my head. You must be seeing trends out there in the fitness world that caught your attention. Yeah, it's, it's that you know we're, we have the good fortune, both of us, of having been influenced by CrossFit. And that influence absolutely catapulted my life trajectory. It changed the way I looked at fitness. It changed the way I looked at effort. It changed the way I looked at intensity. It changed the way I looked at all kinds of things. And I've met some of the most valuable people in my life through that. What I've also seen in it is that there is what I believe to be a misinterpretation of the general population of what Greg Glassman intended. When he says, you know, constantly varied functional movements executed at high intensity. So what happens is people train at high, high, high red line intensity all the time. And most of the people who we end up working with at Active Life to help them get out of pain without going to the doctor, the biggest thing that they need is a deload. And I'm not talking about like get out of the gym and go for a two-week walk. I'm talking about 
hey, you're training for three hours a day. Let's try 45 minutes. And what happens is, I, I'll put your, if, if it's okay with you, we'll do a little mental experiment. With yeah, your of listeners. course. Yeah. All right. I like to do this with some of the most elite athletes we work with. Oh, um, I'm, one of, I'm one of them, sir. Yeah. Of course. It's the concept of mental toughness. Okay. So everybody who trains really hard would agree that if you want, if you're equally as fit as the next person, the one who's going to win is the mentally tougher one, right? Absolutely. You're doing a workout, you're identical, it's mental toughness is going to catch you through it. So I ask athletes what they think mental toughness means. And they tell me. So, so if I asked you what's mental toughness, what, what would your response be in terms of CrossFit and fitness and competitive fitness? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give you what first popped into my head, and that was the ability to push through pain. Now, as I'm saying that, I'm probably falling right into your trap. I get it. But that was honestly, (laughs) that was the first thing that popped into my head. Yeah. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with pushing through pain when appropriate. So here's what I do. I ask the athletes to close their eyes and visualize themselves in the following situation. You're working out at the biggest competition of the year, whatever it is for you. And it could just be in your gym. It could be Fridays. You love throwing down with your guys on Fridays. And you're pushing it. And the workout is, is like in your wheelhouse, but you're feeling like you're dragging a little bit. It's getting harder to hold on to the bar or the pull-up bar or whatever it is. And, and you know if you could just stay on for another 15 seconds, you would be able to win the workout for the day. What did you have to say to yourself to get through it? And were you able to get through it when you thought you were done with 15 seconds left? Yeah. I mean, what I would, what I immediately said to myself was suck it up. Right. And, and, and that drove you through for 15, 20, 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Like suck it up, keep going. You can do this. Perfect. And the difference between you and the person who's not mentally tough is they face that adversity and they're like, ah, I'm going to stop. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, from, I see it in athletes every day, the people that as soon as they feel something, they're scared and they stop. Right. Another interesting point to unpack. It's fear. It's not actually fatigue. Correct. But I so, agree with you on that. So, so, so that's one. Okay, great. So we agree. We are 100% in lockstep. That is mental toughness in the moment in the workout. Now I ask them to close their eyes again. And they see the workout come out. And now it's just a regular day in the gym. They see the workout come out for the day. And they're like, oh, I can't wait to go to the gym tomorrow and smoke all my friends. They wake up in the morning, they shoot me a text. Hey, Dr. Sean, you know, it's weird. My back is feeling a little bit achy today and I don't know what it is, but I'm going to try to loosen up and then go hit the gym today. And I'm like, you know what? I've actually been meaning to message you. You've been working out really hard for the last two weeks. I actually want you to take the week off. How does that affect you? Yeah, you, I get You know, I'm biased because I'm pretty much in agreement on all this stuff and I kind of know where we're going, but that immediate response is a little anxiety, a little anxiety. And if you have a little bit at the age of like 75, 75, (laughs) imagine imagine the level of anxiety of the 25 to 30 year old or even younger or older, whatever it is, the person who's really competitive day to day, who thinks they need that stimulus in order to be the person who they are, who they identify as. And now you're telling them, I need you to rest. The most common question that I'll get when I tell an athlete that is, can I go for runs? Like, can I just go in to row and like, just to move around? Because I feel better when I move around. You know what I mean? 
No. No. You can go for walks all you want. That's the extent of your exercise for the week. And it's like, I've done this with a room full of savages at a brute strength retreat in Miami. And I watched like the room shudder. Like 40 people almost fell out of a chair at the same time. Because it, it was this level of, of what would I do? I would lose all of my fitness in that week. What if you rephrased it as, but I promise you in a week you're fitter. It's, it's implied. So I could do that, but it's, it's, it's still right. implied. It's implied your body needs rest. We are all smart enough to know you grow, you recover while resting. But there's right. something in that gap there. Yes. So the person who I had this conversation with that had the most transcendent response to it was Lindy Barber. Because she was training at the time on CrossFit Mayhem with Rich, who, who we've also worked with, and with, with Tasia, who we've worked with, with um, Matt Hewitt, who we haven't worked with. But that's a team that just eats volume. They just take it, and they, they, they work through it. And so for her, I'm like, that mental toughness for an athlete, complete mental toughness. Yeah, you need to be able to push through a workout. But complete mental toughness is actually not being able to push through as much as it is being able to make difficult decisions that will allow you to push through when you need to. And one of those decisions might be taking a week off from the gym. So in that scenario, how do you influence her when the response can very easily be, well, we just won the CrossFit games, you know, yes. or we've won, you know, this is obviously prior to that, you know, we won last year, we came in second. Mm -hmm. how, how do you, you know, they're basically. It's working. How do we change it? Correct. Right. Yeah. So awesome. Is that good enough? Are, are you good? Like you're cool. That's as, that's as good as you ever want to do. It's as good as you ever want to feel you've reached the pinnacle. You feel great. Like, was it good enough? No, I mean, we, that sounds like a similar conversation I have with clients about nutrition. Hey, you're coming to me for a reason. Mm -hmm. Is that similar to what you're saying? Like, we're talking here because either something's breaking down, you're not feeling 100%. Maybe what I'm going to tell you will impact that. It's the same thing I tell people with nutrition. Is that good enough? If, if it were, we probably wouldn't be talking right now. Right. And, and, and that's, I don't have to pull my dick out and be like, look how big it is. Well, we I, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't go, it wouldn't go well. <laughs> um, but, so, but the point I'm making is like, I, I know that this is not what you meant either, but I don't want coaches to think that they should be going in this path. It's not about you hired me because I know. So shut up and listen. It's about, Hey, really? I mean this seriously. Are you good enough? Are you happy with the way you performed throughout the year, the way that you feel right now, and that if you did the exact same thing next year, you would be happy and fulfilled? If the answer is yes, by all means, go back into the gym. If the answer is no, then I'm asking you if you trust me, and if the answer is yes to that, then take my advice. So, so I have a couple of follow-up questions. One is, have you established what is that minimum effective dose? No. Okay, well then... Second would be how can an individual establish that for themselves and be broader picture. We get a lot of coaches listening. How can a coach slash box owner help their members figure that out? Yeah. So let's go back to the question at hand first. If you knew that you couldn't get any fitter working out, you've reached your peak 
And to maintain that peak, it took 10 minutes, three days a week. How often would you train? I gave you my answer right on that post, and I was being completely yeah. honest. I give you 10 minutes, three days a week, because I have other shit in this world that I want to accomplish. And same with me. The point of that post was actually multi-layer. The first layer was, um, are you actually living in line with what you say? Meaning, if you say that you're pursuing fitness, you train because I want to be able to play with my kids. I train because I want to be able to have an easier life physically. I train because I want to look good. Whatever it is, I'm telling you, freeze time. This is the best it's going to get in this hypothetical world. Exercising more is only going to make you worse. What do you do? So now they get to identify, am I living in line with what I'm actually saying I'm trying to do? The second layer of this is, do you have a problem? And we were talking, and the, the pro, I need to give it a good name. We were talking about TED, T-E-D. I, toxic, I like that. I like toxic, that. Toxic exercise dependency. And what, what it means is, if you know that what you're doing when you go to the gym is causing you harm, and you go anyway, is it still a healthy habit? And I think the answer to that is no. Yeah, I think anything to the extreme is unhealthy. Right. But so the responses that I was getting were, even the ones who I felt like read the thing thoroughly, the responses that I was getting were along the lines of, it makes me feel good. Like it makes me, it makes me feel accomplished. I'm like, cool. Would that change if you knew it was detrimental? It right. makes you feel accomplished. And well, what about that is making you feel accomplished? Is it you feel accomplished because you just worked out or you feel accomplished because you're getting fitter because we've established you, you, you don't need to do that to get fitter. You're already at your fittest. Right. And then, and then it's okay. Well, let's say for example, oh, well, no, I just like to do something that's hard that puts me in the moment. Okay. Well then how hard would it be for you to sit in a room and meditate? That's because exactly that's where my mind just went. That's funny. Yeah. Right? Or how hard would it be for you to enroll in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or mixed martial arts classes? Like, that's hard. Why don't, why don't you want to do that? So, oh. so, for the record, because that is where my mind goes, I train Jiu Jitsu very regularly. It's an important part of my life. For the record, it's not stating you can't do more of these other activities. You're simply saying inside these four walls of your local affiliate or whatever gym you go to, 10 minutes is all you need three times a week to get fitter. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, are you training your mind? You know, that, that is harder for most people to meditate for five minutes than probably do Fran. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, and again, that goes back to the mental toughness question, right? It's, it's, it's a difficult choice. It's not, it's not hard to push through because you're fucking sitting in a corner, but it's, it's hard to decide to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think you and I share a lot of the same values. I read the Daily Stoic, and, and I know you are familiar with a lot of that. I was reading something recently about Nelson Mandela spending 27 years in prison, and I think everyone would agree with he's mentally tough, and that had yeah. nothing to do with his fitness level. Right, right. And he might not be able to do Fran as fast as you. 
I would hope at this point I could beat Nelson Mandela at Fran, but you never know. You never oh, he's, he's dead, so you definitely okay. have him now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. That, that furthers my, you know, not knowing enough about history. So yeah, it's okay. Okay, let's, let's talk about how can coaches kind of figure out how to navigate that with their members. Yeah. That is a problem, but I do want to say this too. I, I, I feel better when I move. Of course. So where is that balance? Now, I'm not saying I need to go balls to the wall to feel better, but I don't get that same feeling from a walk with my dog that I will from even just 20 minutes on the assault bike. So, so where is that balance? Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. And I want to be clear to people, I'm not suggesting you train 10 minutes three times a day. No, and we know Three that. times I, a week. I know that, yes. So, Although I do so, think you can get uh, pretty fit that way. You probably can. But the, 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 point, the point was more that I just want you to go through the thought experiment of am I living in line with my words and am I, am I, do I have a problem? If, if you're not living in line with your words and now you recognize it and you still want to do it, either your words need to change or you have a problem. So I, I wanted to open people's eyes up to, to that part of themselves. The way that a coach can help their clients navigate this this landscape of what am I supposed to do is it's, it's more difficult than it is for the individual, but it's by setting processes in place that allow the coach to understand how to meet the client where they're at each day. So I'll give you a very simple example. Let's say your member's name is John. Okay. And John comes into the gym and he's one of your top 10 athletes in the gym. The guy's fit comes into the gym and you ask him, hey, John, how many hours of sleep last night? Seven, eight, cool. Uh, stress, fairly low. How's work going? It's going good. Family, everything's good at home, man. Ready to crack this workout? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Let John get after it. Hey, John, how you doing today? Dude, fucking dragging ass. My boss is up my ass. I slept like two hours last night. I'm running on a pot of coffee right now. My wife is down my throat and I'm so stressed. I can't wait to get to this heavy friend. But do, do you coach have the relationship with John to say, you know what? I think heavy friends actually a bad idea today. Because despite the fact that you wanted to blow off steam, stress is stress and you already have a bunch of it on your system the likelihood of you getting hurt doing this is higher than if you had come in yesterday when you told me everything was great and did it. So today, um, I want you to do this instead. Some nice light recovery work, an active life performance care segment. Which are great, by the way. Some, my Thank favorite you. to this day is that thruster single arm swing. I, I repeat it outside often because I have it marked out on the sidewalk. So you post Perfect. a lot of those, but people can check them out on your website. Yeah, every Tuesday, activeliferx.com for free. I mean, excuse me, activeliferx on Instagram for free. But um, like go, I want you to go do that, John. And this now becomes a double exercise. It's an exercise in are you doing the necessary step to find out if John is ready to do today's workout? And have you taken the necessary steps to acquire John's trust so that when you tell him, this is what I believe is best for you today and this is why, he says, okay, cool, coach, thank you, and does it. I'm going to throw a wrench in your system for a second. Bring it. 
you, you love CrossFit. I know deep down, you, like you've said, it changed your life, but you also try to come at it from different angles. What if well, I, I want it to be you, better? Right. And I, and, I, and, I, and I love that about you. But what if I said CrossFit handled this way back when at the level one, when they said intensity is relative to physical and psychological tolerances, it's just that people misinterpret that and only take it as if you can't do it physically, that should do it. But psychological tolerance is, is exactly what you're saying. No, it's not. Why it's, not? It's because what, what that says is a mile run is more intense than a 5K and less intense than Fran, for example. Based on intensity, yes. If you're not familiar with what Sean's saying, force times distance over time. Right. But now reality is we're asking people to go as hard as they can for the duration that it takes to complete that. So while their intensity overall is lower, their RPE is the same. And they're still getting the same volume for a lot of people. Yeah. So, so, so the problem with that becomes, oh, so effort and output is where the gains are. Got it. Go hard all the time. No matter how long it's, it could be a marathon. Go as hard as you can for the marathon. Maybe you can only do eight minute, 30, eight, eight, eight minute, 30 second miles for the marathon. That's the maximum intensity that you can do to complete that race in your peak time. Then do that. And what I'm saying is that over time leads to breakdown and people will get hurt. And there need to be days when you say, I want you to work at a six out of 10 RPE today. That's not intense. How can someone better understand that? And how, I mean, that's really what we're talking about. Your guy comes in stressed. You're basically giving him something to lower that rate of perceived exertion. Mm -hmm. The average person maybe doesn't understand. You know, I see posts from Nicole and Chris and they get what an RP is and they talk about it a lot. You know, two of your coaches on active life, mm -hmm. but how does an average person start to, to understand what that means? Yeah. That's the coach's job. And this is, this is why I've said over and over and over again, the level one is a great way to learn what CrossFit is all about. It does not, by any stretch of the imagination, qualify you to affect other human beings physically. Um, and RPE, for anyone who's a coach, art, you should have a very, very clear RPE in your own head. Maybe it's not exactly the same as what Jason Ackerman would say it is or what I would say it is. But we should all agree that a 10 out of 10 RPE is a failed one rep max. Rather, it's, it's a failed effort at your absolute maximum capacity. Wouldn't that be an 11? Technically, but sure. <laughs> you know, it, it's a one rep max or right above it. A nine out of 10 is like, okay, that was about as hard as I could do, maybe a little bit more. And then just work your way down. You know, a, a two out of 10 is going for a walk for 20 minutes. So if someone wants to come in, let's take your, your performance care series about what our RPE should those be done at? Yeah, great question. So our performance care series, people who don't know what he's talking about, are workouts where we ask people to do um, movements with very, very high skill. I don't mean snatch. I mean, perform the movements with virtuosity and do it at a pace that allows you to maintain a respiratory rate of less than six breaths per 30 seconds if you're controlling it, not a resting you know, like, oh, that would be normal breathing rate. So we want you to be at a normal breathing rate under slight duress, conversational. RPE, five, 
right? Five out of 10 is about a conversational pace. That means I'm moving, I'm glowing, I'm not dripping. I just got that nice little check me out glow right before the photo shoot. And I can talk to you, but I'm going to be a little bit winded in the conversation. I, I, I could agree with that. I think that's about the way to put it. For me, what that usually means is I can breathe through my nose the entire time. Perfect. That's kind of I like, like yours. a challenge I try to do with some of your workouts. I like yours better. Oh, thank you. All right. I take that. Do you, have you used the uh, whoop or whoop or hoop, whatever they go by? <sighs> I haven't yet. They, okay. they sent me one for um, – yeah, they awesome. sent me one. What's that? No, I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe, um, but, but um, I haven't used it yet, just because I'm not looking to create a new habit right now. I, I'm just curious because I'm wondering how much if someone has one of those. If you know they they measure recovery, you know, so they say. I've never used one either, but I'm wondering if someone using that could have a better understanding. My concern with that is it will put you in a false sense of feeling good or bad. Mm-hmm. I've heard both sides of it. I've heard people like Jared Stevens. Uh, I don't know if he still feels this way, so I'm not speaking for him. But at the time, he was like, yeah, it just stresses me out. Like, I feel good today, but it tells me I'm strained and I want to train. And I slept well last night. Like, I want to train. It's telling me I'm not. So now I'm stressed. And now, <laughs> so and I have people who have been like, yeah, I follow it to the T. It's great. So. Yeah, and I think a lot of that would be you have a better idea of your own body at that point while, while using something like that. So is part of the problem, people find the sport of CrossFit and really they're not finding the sport of CrossFit. They're finding the CrossFit methodology, but then they realize there's that point in time in your CrossFit journey, which I'm well beyond where spending an extra 20, 30 minutes actually gets you better. So the challenge is where is that balance? I mean, and I'll give it a great example. We have a member of our box who I love. Her and her husband are close friends, but she pushed her body to the point where it broke. You know, mm-hmm. and, she, and I understood why. I would see her in the corner. Her body's making changes, getting these high-skill gymnastic movements all of a sudden, but her body's breaking down. And for me, and this was a learning opportunity, it's like I realized I want to read more. You and I talk about you know, reading a, a ton, spend time with my wife, we're developing businesses. Not everyone has that. Maybe they have a nine to five. So how do we have that conversation? How do I sit down with her and say, look, I get it, but you're actually doing damage. This is where the group model breaks down right here. This is exactly why the group model is great for the masses and awful for the fringes. And when I say awful, what I mean is it can't be the only thing that you do. It can't be the primary thing that you do. I love to work out in groups. I'm looking to just have general fitness. I like it. Like it's, it's, it's conversational. It's communal. It's fun. It's, it's simple. But as soon as I say I have this specific need, the group is meant to be general. So my specific need cannot be met. Somebody like this woman in your gym, in my opinion, needs to have a coach working with her one-on-one to help her achieve the goals that she wants that specifically fall outside of the parameters of a class. And here's what I mean by that. Where do you have that conversation of, this is kind of goes back to what we've been talking about. My opinion is 
if you just came to class and rested, you would actually hit those goals. But somewhere right, in you, your mind, you've determined, no, it's more, it's more, it's more. Right. Because the thing is this, let's just say, for example, let's take a very specific goal. Let's say you want to snatch 250 pounds. Okay. Just random goal. Assume I can't do that already, but sure. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so every time that you come to class and we're doing burpees and running and box jumps, you're not moving closer to that goal. Right. I, I can get you to that goal faster working with you one-on-one. Now, if you come to class, do burpees, box jumps, and running, and then you're like, well, now I need to do my extra work for my snatch. Now your one hour of work became an hour and a half, two, three hours worth of work because you didn't have the guidance. And then you have these coaches out there who will tell people like, oh, you don't have whatever movement, just do more of it until you have it. And that works until it stops. It works until it becomes detrimental. And that's why we need to professionalize coaches because then you have a coach that is working with this individual and saying, hey, you can come to these classes this week because maybe these are the days that fit your goal and your programming, but then I need you to skip that day of running and burpees and box jumps because I know your goal is to snatch 250 pounds. Right. And you would say, hey, use the four ninth model to pay your coach. 100%. That's where I'm going with it. You know what? It's, I, it's funny. I, I'll touch on that real quick. I talked about, I mean, I shit on the four ninths model for I know, a while. I hate Chris Cooper. I don't hate Chris I Cooper. <laughs> I, I don't even know Chris Cooper. He's a very I, nice guy. I'm sure he is. I have no problem with him as a human or his company. It's, that is an oppressive way, OP, oppressive way. There might be two Ps to, to pay your staff. It just is. I've heard a lot of gym owners tell me it works great for me. And I say, can I speak to your coaches? No. Okay. Well then go fuck yourself. But that aside, I apologized for the way that I came about. I don't know if you saw that or not. I was contrite. I didn't see an apology. Where was it? On, on my, on active life or X and active life professional Instagram. I did, I did a video apology of myself talking in my car on my way to a Boston workshop where I apologized because I was unknowingly bullying people and I didn't mean to bully anybody. I was, I was telling people, you know, here's a good version of it. Like what my favorite one was I had a a picture of, you know, Dan Gable and his Iowa wrestling team, like cheering and coming onto the, onto the, onto the mat. And it said like when, owners and coaches work together and then underneath it it was a wrestler with someone else's balls in his face on the mat and it said when you pay four nights and you know they were funny but what i found from talking to people who we work with is a lot of them were like look um it doesn't make me feel good to be on the team that's making the team doing things wrong feel bad this is a whole other discussion. People are too fucking sensitive. They are. They are. But, but, but still at the same time, if I want to be effective and reach the people who I want to reach, it's not the people who are not already paying four nights. It's the people who are. So the last thing I want to do is be like, hey, if you pay four nights, you're dumb. And expect them to be like, I love you. Help me. Yeah. And, but you know what? It's the same thing. So, for example, we're just at the CrossFit Games. I was judging with 20 of my – or 19 of my closest friends. There's 20 of us. And I'm the guy who gets shit for eating donuts, if you will. But meanwhile, I'm plant-based. 
I eat meats, vegetables, nuts, seeds, well, except for the meat part, but I eat really clean, healthy, <laughs> but I'm still known as the guy that eats donuts. It was a marketing message, right? And it's the mm-hmm. same thing you're doing. It's a marketing message. I get it. You're, you're not going to put your balls in my face unless I ask you to, but, <laughs> you know, you're, but you're, you're, how else are you getting attention? And that's exactly what you got. I did get attention. And, and if I'm being honest, I, I did want attention. What I wanted more was for gyms to stop paying their coaches four nights because I think we have an epidemic. And the epidemic stems from the devaluing of the coach. And once the devaluing of the coach occurs, the follow-up is the gym is less valuable. Right? You're, you're a service entity. And now you're devaluing your service provider. Your business is less valuable, period. And everybody who I talk to about this, when, when, when we go to like, well, how am I supposed to pay my coaches more? And, and me still, you know, get paid. I'm like, you don't have a problem where your coaches make too much money. You have a problem where you make too little. So it's not about one of you can make a living and the other one can't. And that's, that's where this all starts. Because really, as a gym owner, myself, a former gym owner, my goal in talking about this was not like gym owners are assholes. You got to pay your coaches better. It was gym owners. I've talked to hundreds of you and you're not making money. And you have this issue where you feel like the, the chasm is I either make money or I help people because you can't possibly help somebody and take their money at the same time. And that's not true. And then you start being told, oh, the problem, the reason you're not making money is you're paying your coaches too much. Pay your coaches less. And then they start paying the coaches less. And then it's like, okay, well, now I'm making some money. Awesome. Your fucking staff just quit. <laughs> or, or they're staying with you and they hate you. Yeah. And, and this was, this was I had a, we had a client of ours who actually ended up leaving our service because of my, uh, my assault on the four nines. And I had this conversation with her. I said, look, here's the thing. I'm not suggesting that four nines pay is wrong. I'm really not. Because if your gym can demand $200 a training session and you can pay the coach 88 and all they got to do is show up and coach, you're going to have coaches lining up. But when you ask the coach to do the sales, the marketing, the prospecting, the servicing, the relationship building, the retaining, the re-signing, all that stuff, you're not doing that anymore. And then you say, we're going to charge $70 because if we charge more than that, members won't pay it. So coach, you're stuck at 31 bucks an hour. Do the math and tell me how that coach is going to live a life. It's fucking impossible. But I do think you touched on something interesting there. It's not that the four nights is inherently bad. It's that some of the practices behind it are. Well, no. Yes and no. Four nights, seven nights, Two nights, they're all inherently bad. Right, because they're fixed. Yes. And, and, you know, yes. and to give a shout out to Cooper, before him, no one was even getting people one-on-one training at CrossFit. So I think he did. You don't, you don't agree with that based on your face? I don't know if no one was doing it before him. I know I still don't think people are doing it. And that's, that's why we have, I mean, Jim's coming to us. Every, I have, if I showed you my schedule, I, I didn't have a minute for lunch any day this week because yeah, I was talking to crushing Andy's uh, mac and cheese, mac and cheese. And yeah. So be, be, because it's, it's, 
gym owners are like, yeah, everyone's telling me I should be doing more personal training in my gym and it's cool, but I don't know how to do it. And, and no one's telling me how to do it. And I've talked to gyms who have worked with all of the mentors and they still don't know how to do it. And it's frustrating because the things that they tell me are this. They tell me, my members don't want it. Your members want outcomes, period. They don't want personal training because you haven't created the value around a personal training session. So it comes across as expensive group class done by yourself. That's not what they want. That's reason number one. Number two, my coaches don't want to do it. Your coaches don't want to do it either because A, they're hiding. They're hiding in the group. They're not a good coach and they know that. And if they had to help somebody actually get from point A to point B faster than the group could, they don't think that they could do it. So they're hiding in the group class. Or another reason my coaches don't want to do it, your coaches won't tell you this, but they're not incentivized by the amount of money that they can make to do it when they're paid four nights to go out and put themselves out there emotionally to hear no over and over again from members who they now feel ostracized from when they would have gotten $31 for the service if they had gotten a yes. And is that what you're teaching these people in your group? We're teaching them a, a, a fucking myriad of things. So when we're, when we're working with a gym, so we have, I didn't want to, I mean, whatever, I'll make it what it is. I didn't come on here to be like, hey, here's why you should buy our immersion. Here's why you should buy our pro path. But I'll tell you the difference right now. So you well, I think you should, because it is a little confusing online. Well, that's because you've been on the old website. Okay. www.activelifeprofessional.com. Very, very, very simple. And you have like seven Instagrams right now. Three. Active Life Professional, Active Life RX, and me. Yeah. So the, we, we, the way that this all worked was we did a workshop once and we thought that nobody would care to come. So I was like, look, I'm going to make it an application process so that I could say we only accepted eight people when only eight people signed up, right? And 120 people applied in the first 24 hours. I'm like, well, we have a, that's, that's pretty cool, but we have a problem now. I didn't really have an application process. So 60 of them, ended up being invited to come to the first workshop. 60 people from 22 states and five different countries came to a workshop to learn how to assess. I was like, this is cool. People want to learn this. And then after the workshop, I felt like we had crushed it. And Chris Spigner, who you know from Seven Mile Across Strength and Conditioning or uh, Strength and Fitness, he was like, hey, so now I know how to assess really well. What do I do with it? I'm like, well, you're going to modify athletes this, like this, this, this. He's like, yeah, but can I, how do I fix those things? I'm like, ah, okay. So we started our immersion course, which is a 13-week-long course that follows the workshop and teaches coaches how to assess and correct problems that they find in their gym that are within their scope. We're not teaching the play doctor. And that was going fine, but then coaches were like, nobody wants to buy this. Like, how do I get people to, to actually buy this? So I'm like, oh. All right, so we put business into the immersion course and we taught them how to market, sell their services to the members who are in the gym. And now that's been so successful for coaches that we have a money back guarantee. If you take the immersion course and you don't make your money back before it's over, I will pay you out of my own personal money the difference between what you made and what you should have made. What does it cost? $2,500. So you say within 13 weeks, you will make $2,500 or more in personal training sessions that you got from what we taught you at the immersion course. How many times have you had to give money back? Zero. I've never even been asked. 
Now, there are people who don't get it. They don't get to the end. They don't, I mean, they, they finish the course, but they don't make their money back. And I talked to them about it. And the reason why they don't make their money back is because they didn't, they weren't ready to do the things that we asked them to do and they acknowledge it. And I'm like, would you like a refund? They say, absolutely not. I'm going to do this and it's going to work. I see what everybody else is doing. We have a coach in New Jersey. Her name is Samantha. She, she went from making $340 a pay period to making just about 4,000. She was a, she was a teacher full-time and a coach part-time. So everybody has one of these in their gym. She was a part-time coach and a full-time teacher, and she wasn't fulfilled as a teacher where she was. She would love to have been a coach. We taught her how to do it. She's trending to make $100,000 this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, Chris, who you bring up, he's crushing it. Chris, too. Yeah. Chris, too. And he's down the Cayman Islands. So we have another coach in South Carolina named Jono, who we did a podcast with. He went, he forexed his income in under six months. We have another coach in Minnesota who needed to build his gym up. He built his gym up, sold it, and moved. We have another, we, we have coaches everywhere. A guy in Virginia who quit being a SWAT team member and now he's making $100,000 plus a year as a CrossFit coach at a gym in Virginia. Like this works really, really, really well. And it actually worked so well that we ran into problems where the coaches were like, I'm full. How do I grow my business more without being able to do more? And their gym owners were coming to me like, hey, uh, so really cool about my coach. How do I? He's making more money than me. Yes. How do I do this as a gym? So we created our pro path, which is for gym owners. And the pro path is where we teach. The first thing we do is we teach value. It's, it's our VAST system, our VAST system. First thing we do is we teach high value skills. Nobody's buying personal training from you because they don't care about what you think they should care about. You want their snatch to be better. You want them to get more muscle ups. And they're like, yeah, I don't really care. I'm here to get fit. Or they say, okay, cool. And they buy five skill sessions from you. And then they're done. And you're like, man, it would be impossible to sell everybody five, like over and over and over again. So we teach them how to create high value by being able to better assess their members and provide solutions through correction, which is our immersion course. So when you buy the ProPath, everyone on your staff gets our assessment workshop and our immersion course. Everyone. Then... The second workshop that we teach is how to put on your own workshop. We're already doing that during the immersion, but now we want you to bring people from the outside. Everyone's out there running six-week challenges and lead magnets and all this stuff. How about you get your members to refer people without giving them 50 bucks for the, for the service? Right? How do you do that? So we teach them how to do that. Then there's an immersion that follows that that's 12 weeks long to make sure that they're executing. Then the third workshop is sales. Nobody wants to be seen as the pushy, sleazy salesperson in fitness. Nobody got into fitness to be rich. There is, however, a gap between being rich and being poor. And it's okay to make money providing a valuable service to people. In fact, it's your duty. So we teach them how to sell. The person who walks into your gym and they're like, oh, wow, that's expensive. I got to go home and talk to my wife about this. They're not coming back. How do you overcome that objection to make sure that that person does what everybody in the room in the moment knows they need to do and sign up? We teach that at the third workshop. And then for 12 weeks after that online, live, 
we teach you how to continue doing it. We make sure you're refining the skills you learned in the weekend, because as we all know, a weekend workshop is insufficient to gain, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Expertise in anything. You're talking about a year, basically. From It's a year. Yeah. It's a year. And then the last workshop is staff development. How do you develop a staff member? What does it look like on day one? What does it look like on day 90? Bring them out. We're going to teach you. We're going to teach them. And then you're going to do it when you go back. So from what you're talking about for the box owners, what would that cost for them? 20,000 up front or 2000 a month for a year. And what I can tell and, and and so here's the thing, right? Money back guaranteed again? No, <laughs> most people, most people look at that and they're like, wow, $20,000. That's a lot of money. People are We're spending 16 grand on gym launch. It's not that much. Well, they spend 16 grand and then they spend like a thousand dollars a week. But We're all online by the way. Right. Versus yes. any, Yeah. Which, which has its advantages too. Um, but so of the gyms who are in right now who signed up three weeks ago or more, every one of them is break even right now. What I mean by that is it starts September 21st. That's when our first enrollment goes live. Oh, so it hasn't even started this. This is your first run at it coming up September yes. 21st. The, yes. So it starts September 21st. But we're telling gyms, if you sign up now, you get coaching until it starts, then you get in, then you, then you go into the machine, right? This is, a, I mean, people are hearing about it now. I'm going to post this episode shortly. So they're going to have an opportunity to still sign up before you kick off. We only have five slots left for the first round. Ooh, scarcity, Sean. Nice job. It's, it's the truth. <laughs> we only have five slots left for the first round, but we are going to do it again uh, in January or February. So you yes, they, on the solstice, the solstice. Solstice. That's right. <laughs> solstice. Um, but so, the point I'm making is they're all already at $2,000 extra revenue per month. And we haven't started yet, but there's coaching ahead of the start. And there's gyms in there that have in one case, 250 members in another case, 83. And the gym with 83 is actually down four members from last month because they moved. Couldn't do anything about people moving, going back to college and stuff like that. And they're up $2,000. I like it. So activelifeprofessional.com is for that. Yes. Or that's for everything. These yes. Days. Okay. You finally, well, that's for the coaching side. And what's the one for just a, if a coach wants to take your course or the immersion? The immersion is the course. They, they can still, is that what you're asking? You have, you have the, your workshop that people can go to where you post Got pictures it. of with your group. Then you have the original 12. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I got you. We're in so the do you process. Need to tell you what you guys have. No, 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 no. I, I didn't. No. No. I we're asked. in the pro, we're in the process of moving everything professional over to active life professional. Um, but we're trying to do it in a way that doesn't confuse the person as to what's there. So it's not like, are you a coach or a gym owner? Are you are you, you know, twenty and under or twenty and over? Like, we want to make it simple. So right now, everything except the pro path can still be found at activelifeRx.com. Gotcha. That makes sense. So. Whether you're just because that could be for your a member at your box that just wants to learn about moving a little better and and mm -hmm. checking things out, any but it's kind of like the level one. Anyone can take it. It doesn't matter exactly. if you plan on coaching one day or not. Exactly. And you know, and by the way, reason to join our group is because we'll have people like Dr. Sean talking in there, and hopefully, maybe a little bit of a incentive for our people to to join. But we'll talk about that offline. Lastly. Two minutes, opinion on the 2019 CrossFit Games. Okay. So interesting because I would have given you different perspective 
three days ago. I know you just spoke to Tommy Hackenbrook, you mentioned, and he's going to be on your your podcast coming up. Yeah, and that, and that's one thing. But I also had an athlete who we work with from Romania who flew out to the games, came in 79th. He tied for 72nd, but the tiebreaker moved him down to 79th, so he got cut. And in my mind, my projection of my values on him was I would have been so pissed. So I asked him, you know, the, 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 the reasonable question that everybody would want to know the answer to is, what was it like to fly from Romania to Madison to do a workout and then be like, hey, this was great. Go watch. And he's like, honestly, it was the best experience ever. People pay to be spectators, right? Right. So he was like, you know, it was the, the experience leading up to it, the way that they treated us was phenomenal. And then being out there working out with the other athletes, he's like, I was still a little bit hurt, which bugged me, but um, it let me know that I can compete with those guys. But there's no reason he's like, I shouldn't, there's no reason that I can't be in the top 20 in that group. And so, so I, for, and he's like, so it was all, overall, it was a great experience. And I said, you know what? That's, that's a really cool perspective that I hadn't thought of. So my overall take on the 2019 games after having that perspective is it's a seven out of 10 instead of the five out of 10 that I would have given it before. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like the, it. the reason I take three points off is because I, I think that they could have done a better job of organizing the tests to decide who is on what cut. I think they could have made their final cut later. Like I, there's just, I think that there's things that they could have done that would have been fun to watch. There could have been, I'm not Dave Castro. He does a better job than I do. So please make, let me make, make clear that I'm not suggesting he should call me next year before the games. But like, it would have been fun to watch the whole group do Fran and just run, run to your finish mat when you're done. Like that, it's, easy to, it's easy to set it up. It's easy to do it. I didn't think that they really got enough of the legit stuff before they cut. To the smaller groups you're suggesting. So maybe yeah. from like the 40 to the 30 to the 20 could have been a few more tests in there before making that cut to the 10. Yes. You know, and I think people are losing their mind a bit. It was a learning curve, I'm sure, for those guys as well, meaning Dave and Coach and Justin Berg and those sure. guys. So I'm sure they took notes. And, and But I'm glad to hear that that guy from Romania, I mean, I judged the guy from India who only got two rope climbs. So that's a long way to go to mm-hmm. run 400 meters and do two rope climbs. But I put on a recent post, no doubt he's going to come back fitter as well as the entire you know, continent. Well, and, and I think that, I think the reason why I take three points off is in direct relationship to what you just said. CrossFit needs to be like, I I was bothered last year when Greg Glassman said, you know, you, you, you watch the opening ceremonies and it looked like an America, like a 4th of July parade. Right. Yeah. Because you said, this is a test to find the fittest people on earth. And that just happens to be where they lived. Like you marketed it effectively where that flag flies and not where other flags fly. So now you don't just start inviting people from places that aren't as fit to compete at the world's fittest competition because you want to grow your company unless, and I'm all for, by the way, Hey, we want to grow the CrossFit brand internationally. There's money to be made in China. There's money to be made in India. There's money to be made in Latin America. And People there need our help too. So we're going to invite their fittest people as ambassadors. It is no longer 
necessarily the fittest group of people in the world. Like I love my guy, Severin, took 79th. You can't really call yourself the 79th fittest guy in the world. Right. And that, the 79th that, fittest at that competition. Correct. And that, that for me is really bothersome. Like you don't get to have both sides of that conversation. I think that's fair. I mean, ultimately the two fittest people were crowned, right? I don't think there's any Without a doubt. over that. And I think a lot of that will be improved year to year until we, till it's sorted out. But in the whole spectrum, it's still a very young sport. Yeah. Look, I, like I said, I think I said this last time we spoke or I spoke, maybe it was Mike Casu, somebody, but I'm not going to go ahead and pretend that I know better how to do CrossFit than the guys who started CrossFit. I don't know better how to do the CrossFit games than the guys who do the CrossFit games. And I'm not going to cast judgment on their decision-making. I'm just going to wait and see. My, my experience was such that the communication was poor. And then the messaging I felt like was out of line with the reality. And those things for me were bothersome, but I get it. Well, and going back to what I said about an hour ago, that's why you're an intelligent guy because you realize everyone <laughs> is entitled to their opinion and you are open-minded about it. So I got to wrap this up, but it's always a pleasure to talk to you. ActiveLifeRx.com, ActiveLifeProfessional.com, the seven plus Instagram accounts that you guys have. You can yeah, keep, it, keep it simple. If you're a gym owner, ActiveLifeProfessional.com. If you're not, ActiveLifeRx.com. All right. Sean, a pleasure as always. You too, Jason. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. And just so you guys know, it is bonus week. We're going to be bringing you an episode every day, Monday through Friday this week. And we've got some great, great interviews and episodes coming your way. Check out besthouroftheirday.com. If you haven't already, and you can find us on social media at best hour of their day or email us best hour of their day at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.